Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 10. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Dr. Melissa Nolan Chester. Margaret Mead once said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Dr. Melissa Chester is a part of that small group of thoughtful people committed to serving and impacting the lives of those in our community. Dr. Melissa Nolan Chester is a former professor who taught on the college level for approximately 15 years and is a two-time best-selling author. She is committed to serving and impacting the lives of others by improving the situations of others through consulting, facilitation, and motivational speaking. Her dedication and passion to assist individuals and organizations is evident in the many seminars, workshops, and programs she has participated in and implemented with local, regional, and national nonprofit organizations and businesses. Dr. Melissa Chester is the co-founder and CEO of Black Educators Rock, Inc., a national nonprofit which boasts over 155,000 minority educators in its Facebook group. Black Educators Rock, Inc.'s goal is to further the academic success of our nation's minority students by closing the attitude gap that exists among educators and students. It accomplishes this goal through its local chapters, partnerships, and collaborations with other local, regional, and national nonprofits, and their flagship event, the Rock Conference. The Rock Conference is a summer professional development conference and hosts the top educational consultants and educators in the country. Dr. Chester also runs the Black Educators Rock Network and its three internet and talk radio stations, Enlighten Media, Elevate Media, and Empower Media. Black Educators Rock, Inc. is also in the process of creating Black Educators Rock Publishing, a platform to create educational materials that correctly reflects today's society. Dr. Chester attained her bachelor's and master's degrees from Florida A&M University and her doctorate degree from Florida State University. She has taught at several universities, including Florida A&M University, Florida State University, Grambling State University, University of North Florida, and online at Southern New Hampshire University. While residing in Tallahassee, she was very active in the community. Some of her community outreach includes co-creating the grassroots program, Positive Proof Mentoring at Rob Middle School, serving as event coordinator for the 1000 Men Rally, and working with the City of Tallahassee Parks and Recreation to create and present numerous programs, seminars, and workshops. 
Her volunteerism also includes the Black History Program at Dade Street Community Center, the March on Wellness and Obesity Health Seminar, Youth Teen Summit, Youth Talent Show, and mentoring and tutoring preteen, teenage, and college young ladies. Dr. Chester currently resides in Jacksonville and is actively involved with many organizations and her sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc. Dr. Chester is a board member of the nonprofit, The Center One Foundation, a member of Jacksonville Public Education's Fund Community Advisory Team, Urban Education Symposium Steering Committee, and is a certified instructor for the national initiative known as Adult Mental Health First Aid. She has also served as the assistant program manager for the mayor's summer job programs, served on the planning committee for Operation Save Our Sons, and assisted former Jacksonville Jaguar Donovan Darius create and run his nonprofit organization from 2011 to 2017. She has also presented at many conferences, seminars, and workshops at numerous universities, businesses, nonprofit organizations, K through 12 schools, including but not limited to character development, increasing self esteem, mental health awareness, personality assessment, communication and conflict resolution, health and physical fitness, financial literacy entrepreneurship, and high school graduation and college preparation. Dr. Chester is married with two sons and is currently a broker and the director of training and education at Premier Coast Realty, LLC. And she's also the lead instructor at Premier Coast Real Estate School, LLC. Without further ado... Leadership Empowerment with Dr. Melissa Nolan Chester. Okay, Dr. Melissa, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm super excited to be here and I can't wait for us to delve into our conversation. Okay, so I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for your commitment to serve the community and impact lives by furthering academic success. I believe this is a very important area and a great way to serve. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I fell into that position. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I always tell people I didn't birth that baby. The baby was given to me to raise, but, you know, I'm, I'm raising it as if it were my own. Okay, I like that. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Of course. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Dr. Melissa? I would agree. I would agree that we, like you said, we don't realize that we are leaders. Um, most of us think of leaders just as like big, big things. They have to be ultimate projects or ultimate corporations and organizations. But many of us lead our homes. We lead our families. We lead ourselves. So most definitely we're all leaders in some form or fashion. Yes, I do agree. And you said a key point that I try to emphasize to people as often as possible is leadership starts with us. So we have to lead ourselves, which in turn makes us a leader. 
Yes, most definitely. Okay, so can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I guess first I have to say that, you know, most of us, I'm sure we realize that leadership is not a position per se. It's a personality. It's a, it's a character trait. It's a quality. And so I've known that I was a leader since I was a little girl. I'm my mom's first child. I'm the firstborn. I'm the oldest of three daughters. And so um, my mom worked a lot. And so my stepdad worked. And so I was always taking care of my younger sisters, as well as I found myself taking care of others in the neighborhood. And so I've known at an early age that people look to me for direction. So I've known for a little while. Okay, I like that. And we definitely have something in common. I'm the oldest of three daughters as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I like how you knew, right? Because for me, even though I was the one who did all of the babysitting and did a lot of tending to the home because my parents worked as well, I didn't realize that that equated to leadership. So I love when I talk to people and they were in the same position that I was, but yet they knew that that was leadership, whereby I didn't. I just kind of was going with the flow and doing what I had to do. So I love that. Yeah, I think um, I think when you're early, you don't call it leadership, but you know that you're in the role of responsibility. You're in the role where others are looking to you for for a leadership. They're looking at you to see, okay, what's direction? What what are we doing? How are we doing? And it maybe at an early age we didn't call it leadership, but I always knew that I was the point person. I was the person that people were looking for. Probably once I got into sports in high school and became the captain of the basketball team, et cetera, you know, that's when I officially knew it was the term as a leader. So but I think I've always known that I was that person that was responsible for others in their lives, et cetera. Okay. Thanks for that. I love those key terms. The point person or the person that is responsible for others. Yes. That's definitely a way to tell who's leading. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Dr. Melissa, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Oh, that is a great question. Um, the first thing I would say is, um, and I'm, I'm a big sport person. Um, I, I obtained my PhD in sport management. And so I sometimes I use a lot of sport analogies. Um, and so you think about your team. When you think about leadership and you think about your team, you have to be realistic about what your team comprises, right? Who's on my team? Many times when it comes to leadership, we're trying to lead the wrong people or we're leading in the wrong way. And so the first thing that I feel is the the first key to leadership is identifying the team members, identifying the teammates, who's on the team, what's their role, understanding how how they are motivated, et cetera. Um, I'm, I'm a true believer of personality assessments so that you understand who you're working with. A few favorites that I have. I like, um, there are some new ones that I'm reading into and looking into, but I'm always into those personality assessments so I'm understanding people. In every aspect that I do training, I do training. Um, I'm a real estate broker, real estate instructor, college professor. I always talk about personality and making sure that you're understanding who you're dealing with. The reason that most of us aren't able to motivate others or to lead them effectively is because we're, you know, I always tell people you can have the right message, but it's the wrong messenger or vice versa. You're the right messenger, but the way in which you're conveying the message is incorrect. And so 
everyone receives information differently and everyone is motivated differently. And so my key factor, I think the number one thing is understanding who's on the team and how they're motivated. Okay, thanks for that. I do agree with that advice. And I think that oftentimes it is overlooked, right, where we're all individuals, but we do, like you said, we fall into the four buckets of personality traits. So understanding the personality traits and taking time to get to know the individuals will help you to deal with them better. Like, for example, some people like public praise, some people like private praise, and it's not a one size fits. So if you treat the one person as if you'll treat the next person, you could be missing the mark whereby your intentions are good. So thank you for that. Yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. Not even just when it comes to praise, but just when it comes to getting output, you know, when it comes to getting output from different people. Many times we want to put tasks on people and because they do respect us as leaders and they want to, to please us or impress us, they don't articulate that they're uncomfortable with the role or the task that we gave them. And so you mm-hmm. not even just with motivation, but just understanding, you know, the type of work that people like doing, you know, um, understanding, hey, I, I prefer to be behind the scenes. I don't I don't want a position where I have to talk. I like doing the, the technical stuff and, you know, just just really, truly understanding your team and understanding yourself and understanding that, um, you know, with each team member, you may have to deal with them differently. And I think those those are the biggest things when it comes to leadership for me. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Dr. Melissa, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Funny you said that. One of my favorite, most favorite quotes is I never lose either I win or I learn. And so just like you, I truly never, ever believe that I lose. I I don't, I don't believe in losing. I believe that everything that you do is a lesson. It'll teach you what not to do the next time. I just finished reading a book really, really recently about failing often. You know, it's okay to fail often because failure is, is learning. Failure is lessons. And so many people are afraid of failure that they never win. So they're there, you know, there's a saying that I also like that says, you know, a comfort zone is a is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. And so mm-hmm. most of us just stay in that comfort zone and because we're afraid of failure, but you can't win if you're not failing. Okay. Thank you for that. I, I do agree because that means you're not trying and you're not pushing yourself. You're not reaching outside your box. So you're limiting your possibilities, right? Right. You're stuck in that comfort zone. Everything is just good and status quo in here. And but nothing is growing. Like you said, you're not coming out of that box. There's no growth. There's no momentum. There's no acceleration. So that in itself is losing. Yeah. Yes, I do agree. I do agree. Okay. thanks for that. So, Dr. Melissa, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? (laughs) Just one time. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Just one. I would say. I failed as a leader with my organization, the the nonprofit that I have, just not, you know, I guess one of those lessons learned is, again, understanding who the people were on my team, wanting more out of people than they're able to give is is Mm -hmm. one time when I failed. Mm -hmm. And so I put pressures on some individuals who are on my team and they, I was, I was asking them to give me things that they weren't capable of giving me. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, it caused them to leave the organization, you know, not in a hostile way, but just in a defeated way. 
and, you know, doing some self-reflections, it was on me. The onus was on me. I saw more in them than they saw in themselves. I wanted more out of them than they were willing to give me at that point. And I think that's one thing that leaders will do sometimes. We'll try to push people to the point of discomfort. But sometimes when we're doing that, we're actually pushing them away. And so I think the one time I realized that I didn't take my own advice that I make sure I take now, talk to your teammates, talk to your team members and and let them tell you what they're comfortable doing and stop wanting more for people than they want for themselves. Mm. You have to let them get to that level of potential, right? You have to let them rise to that level of potential. And then, you know, everybody's winning in that regard. Okay. Oh my goodness. That, that, that hit some personal strings as I was listening listening to you, because I've done that in relationships, you know, where I've seen the potential in different people that I've dated and, you know, getting into the relationship, it just didn't work because I'm, you know, trying to pull certain things out that the person is not wanting to release or, or delve into, you know, and it just kind of went downhill. So I definitely understand exactly what you mean, but I like how you took the onus for that, right? Because I don't know if I was mature enough to take the onus. I'm like, oh, you just didn't do right. You know, whereby it's like, mm-hmm. well, 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 who am I to even put all of this on this person if they weren't willing to take it themselves. So I like that. Exactly. I've done it with family members, like you said, friends, relationships. We're 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 always we're so excited about people's potential, right? Yes. We see their potential when they don't see it. But the key thing about potential that we know, sister, is that potential can go either way. Either way. We see the positive, but if they don't see it, it doesn't matter what we see. And so I've I've failed a few times doing that, just wanting more for others than they wanted for themselves, trying to get them in. And it, again, I failed. I failed them. I failed myself and I failed our team. I failed in a leader by doing those things. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. So Dr. Melissa, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Oh, that's a great question. I like that question. I think it just depends on what, in what aspect you're referring to, because when you're talking about business, when you're talking about entrepreneurial, like you're talking about business. And so you're talking about, I think when it comes to that, I think it's difficult for us. It's more difficult because how do I say this? We have to always be cognizant of certain things that men never have to be cognizant of. By being women, you know, um, sexuality is a big thing that we have to constantly battle that men don't have to worry about. I don't know about you, but I know I've talked to girlfriends who are in leadership positions and, you know, we don't want to be seen as, you know, is, is this too attractive or is, am I seen as flirting or, you know, it, it's always that that womanhood, that femininity is always being, um, I don't want to say challenged, but courted. You know, it's mm-hmm. always being courted, even when you're in that leadership position, whereas when men are in leadership positions, we just look up to them. But when women are in those leadership positions, men look up to us, but there's always that that aspect of courtship that's there, especially mm. if you're a single woman. When you're single, you're all, you know, there. there's always that aspect of courtship. So I think that makes it a little difficult for us. But then on the reverse side, I think when it comes to be a woman, sometimes, you know, it's to our advantage because we can play on things like our femininity to get people to go along with us. We can pull out those wiles if we know how to do so skillfully. You know, we can get, sometimes we can get people to do things that the opposite sex can't get them to do just because we're women. And, you know, sometimes that Mm -hmm. mindset is, oh, if I don't help them, you know, they won't get any help. 
And so they want to help us. They want to kind of be our heroes. So, you know, we know how to skillfully play that. We can we can win on that as well. Okay, thank you for that. I like that. I like both of the aspects that you said. And I do believe that as women, we need to just embrace our womanly traits and understand that we do have a certain finesse that we possess as women where we can make things happen or get things to happen easily because of the fact that we're women. And I heard what you said before as far as the courtship. And I I find it funny that I also heard it from another woman in the nonprofit sector. I just want a quick sidebar on, do you think that that's more prevalent in nonprofit where, you know, you're needing to get monies or different things from people? Or have you heard of that being like equally as so between profit and nonprofit? I'm just curious. Um, I heard it equally. And then when I say that courtship, you know, that flirting, flirting is always going to be there. Women, we tend to wait on men to flirt with us. And so that aspect isn't there. So if the leader is a male, we're hoping he's going to give us some type of signal that he likes us. But for women, because men are men, you know, that courtship, that air of courtship is always there. And it's always um, it's always interesting to me. It's an interesting dynamic to me for us to have. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in both the, the business sector, the nonprofit, the educational sector. I think it's I think it's in both all of those. OK, OK. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Dr. Melissa, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Yes. Before I go into that question, I'm going to say this about women because I did want to piggyback on that. As women, as Black women, we have to understand that we are, you know, we are the mother of the earth. And so, like you were saying earlier, that that what comes along with that femininity, that's a natural, organic thing. And I think sometimes we're offended by it, but we shouldn't be offended by it. I think you made the statement that we need to embrace that and just accept what that is and and know how to, again, use that to our advantage. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to productivity, I think that goes right into productivity. Some tips that I've learned as, as it relates to productivity is, one, knowing that you cannot do it all. Yes. Knowing that you cannot do it all. I think... When you have leaders, especially strong black women, we tend to be afraid to relinquish power, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. relinquish tasks and delegate. And mm-hmm. so we end up burning the candle at both ends. And so if you're truly comfortable in your skill set and, and, and who you are as a leader, you have to learn how to not hold on to everything and how to delegate. I think that's one of the first things to productivity. And again, that goes hand in hand with the reason that we fear it is because we don't trust the people on the other end. But mm-hmm. if you get to know those people intimately, you know, you professionally, you get to know them, then you know what you can and what you can't relinquish. I think that's one. And, and one big one for me is just learning to collaborate. I think that as black folk, we do a horrible job of networking and collaborating. Many of us are doing phenomenal things in our individual sectors, in our individual rights, and but it's all in these silos. Mm-hmm. And historically, because of where we've fallen historically, we can't go at it alone. There's strength in numbers for us. It's something that I promote throughout my nonprofit constantly. We have to collectively collaborate in order to make a great impact. And so I guess my second tip would just be learn how to collaborate, learn how to partner, learn how to find people who complement what you're doing and enhancing what you're doing. And, and let's do it together. Let's not all just be out there by ourselves. Case in point with my nonprofit, Black Educators Rock, I'm a national nonprofit for educators. Well, I bring in speakers from all across the country for my professional development. Now, 
the thing about professional development is there are a plethora of educators and and speakers and and motivational speakers who are out here doing great works, but it's so hard to find these people because of information overload. It's so mm-hmm. much. But just think mm-hmm. if you had one place where you could go and find them. Everything Black educator, everything Black child that I want to know about education, I go to Black Educators Rock. And that's where I find Principal Cafele. That's where I find Dr. Marcus Jackson. That's where I find social emotional learning people like Tierica Berry. That's why I find, you know, the science, the fun, weird science guy or, or, or the science machine. And so, so that we're all collectively in that space together. And so my hundred thousand people that I have and your 5,000 that you have, now we have 105,000 people that we can potentially affect. And so I really do think it's those two things, learn how to share the workload and learning how to collectively collaborate in order to expand your brand and your reach. Okay, thanks for that. I definitely agree with you that those are two productivity tips and ways to make yourself be able to do more with less, right? Yeah, because you're right, burnout is real and you can't <laughs> you can't give when you're empty. So how do you figure out how to make sure that you're full and still show up the way that you need to show up with you being your own individual self? You know, you have to employ, yeah. employ and work with other people. So thanks for that. Yes. And I guess that third tip would be you mentioned in burnout, self-care. You know, that's something else that we all don't do very well. Like I said, I work with educators and we talked about physical, mental and spiritual um, self-care. You got to you mentioned it. Empty cups can't pour. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't pour when you're empty. We're always trying to pour out, pour out, pour out. And if you're empty, you got to take care of yourself physically and mentally and spiritually as well in order to that's going to assist also in your productivity. Definitely. And I do. Yes, I agree. I think especially as women, we put ourselves last, oh. probably from motherhood and you yes. know handling households or what, what have you, where we're always last, but we're the core. So if, if we're not right, exactly. no one else is. And I always say that if I'm on a rampage, my whole house is upside down. So, so we, exactly. need to, we need to really, really take heed to that and figure out how to close that gap and make sure that doesn't happen. That's right. Yes. Okay. So Dr. Melissa, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Oh, gosh, an experience that blessed my leadership. It would have to be, I just left my my conference, my annual conference. We just had our fourth annual rock conference. It's a, it's a conference for Black educators and those teaching children of color. It's a safe space for minority educators where we come together and we're able to be our, our authentic selves. We say there's culturally relevant education where, well, here there's a culturally relevant awakening. And so we're just, mm. you know, pouring and, and loving on each other and, and just being our authentic selves. And so I think that blessed my spirit was that it is okay to be the leader you know, I had men and women of great caliber, people who are doing things all across this country who told me, hey, Doc, we're looking to you to lead this. And these are people that I admire, people that I consider mentors. And so wow. I think the thing that blessed me was having my mentors of people who I looked up to telling me that, hey, we're trusting you and you have our full commitment. You have our full trust. We're here for you. I think that just recently that blessed my spirit to a level that I wasn't prepared for this past conference because working with others is always, I don't want to say you're pulling. It's a tug of war as to 
who is the leader or what they want to give and mm-hmm. how much they'll give. Mm-hmm. And just to have those those people who are very comfortable within themselves and what they do say, hey, doc, we trust you. Let's let's do what we're, we came to do in education. That really, really blessed my spirit to have mentors look to me now and say they're they trust me. Okay, thank you for that. I love that. And congratulations on your fourth conference. That's amazing. And I love what you said. And it reminds me of validation, right? Like everyone needs validation, even in the workplace. That's something that I talk about with corporations as far as empowering their their employees, right? And everyone needs that validation. And when it comes from someone that you look up to or admire, I think it holds a different kind of weight and it gives you the permission to continue to be great. So I think that's really awesome. Yes, I totally agree. We need validation. And that's one thing that we as um, we as people of color, um, we tend to not do as well as we should. We were joking at the conference the other day that, you know, we're the only people that when you're given a compliment, we start the compliment off with an insult. You know, you've heard it. I know you've heard it, Nicole. Oh, I see you doing your little, your little conference. I see you with your little, your little, little outfit yeah. on. You know, well, well, why is it little? Why, why does it have to be little? And why can't the compliment just be the compliment? And it's something within us that we do that. And so we have to work on that. We have to be better at validating others. And it's okay. Validating someone does not take anything away from Nothing. who you are Nothing. and what you are. It actually adds to that. And so definitely agree with you about that validation. Yes, that is so funny. I recently <laughs> had a conversation with someone because I, I wasn't even aware of it, but it is. I think it's something that is subconscious that we don't even realize where for some reason we do just put little in front of everything. And when someone <laughs> brought that to my attention, now I make sure for number one for myself that I'm not calling my own stuff little or calling other people's stuff little, right? Because I believe words are powerful, right? So it's not little and I'm not going to even, I'm not going to downgrade it. And then, too, when I'm talking to others and they happen to say that, I'll stop. I'm like, well, it, it depends on our relationship. If it's a personal relationship, I'm like, look, don't call my stuff little. You know, it's so right. funny. My, my girlfriend was like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, I know you didn't, but we have to be conscious. Like you said, be conscious of that. And then I also notice how we don't, like you said, don't know how to take compliments. Like I'm the kind of, or I have been the kind of person that it's like, oh, your dress is cute. And then it's like, oh, girl, this thing's so old. Instead of just saying uh-huh. thank, you, thank you, like all you have uh-huh. to say is thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you suffices, you know, yes. and, and don't call people stuff little. Like let, let's let's <laughs> live in abundance. Let's live larger than life. Yes. And let's stop making ourselves small. So yes, exactly. Let's 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 walk into our greatness. It's okay. It's okay that we're all great. We're all fabulous. We just have to walk into that. We, you know, others realize that about us, and we don't. It's time for us to start realizing it. We exactly. are great. We. We're phenomenal. So, yes, that's two things that I work on as well. Like you said, not saying little and being able to accept a compliment. I've always been one to give compliments, but I'm learning how to accept them as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay, so, Dr. Melissa, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Oh, great question, Nicole. I would have to say as a leader. Never, ever think that you're too big or you've gotten too big or you're too good to do anything. I think the best leaders are the best workers. They're the Mm -hmm. the hardest workers. I think a lot of times people get to a certain point and then they forget about the things that made them great. I'm one, you know, I had my conference and I always use that. And and I had one of my vendors who was set up and he was like, wow, you're more than just a pretty face. He saw me on the ground, putting the sign up, putting the screws in the sign. He's like, you're, you're working. I'm like, yeah, it's my organization. He's like, but I thought your job was just to 
walk around and smile. And I'm like, no, I'll get on the ground. I'll tighten up something. I'll take out the trash. I'll do whatever it takes to make this go, to make this be as good as it can be, as great as it can be. And so I think that one thing is when you get there, right, when you get to the top, don't forget how you got to the top. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the lessons that were learned on your way to the top. You know, I'm not thinking that's what a lot of people do. They they get to a certain stature, a certain point, and then they think that, you know, oh, can you give me some water? They can't even get their own water, you know, <laughs> because they're they're yeah. at this certain level now. They have to have an assistant to even get their water. And I just remaining humble, just always remembering that the least of us is the greatest of us and the yes. greatest of us is the least of us. And so those would be that would be the biggest takeaway for me. Just always remaining humble, keeping that humility that sense of work, that sense of work ethic. Yes. Thank you for that. I love that. And I do agree with you. And that reminds me, or to me, that actually is a testament to how much of a great leader you obviously are, because people that are willing to like, you know, I think people hide behind titles. Right. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it's about, it's about the goal. It's about the job and whoever needs to fill in whatever role at the time, as long as we're getting to the goal, what's the big deal? Unless the goal is not what's important to us. Right. Unless it's important for status or it's important for some kind of air. And I love that. I remember this one restaurant I went to where they were like voted Number one here, I think it's in Clearwater. They were like, you know, top on the charts. And the guy who was the owner was bussing tables. And it literally blew my mind. It blew my mind. (laughs) And it was just, it spoke to, you know, how seriously he takes his restaurant, right? And and it's a great restaurant. So I think that goes hand in hand with when a leader is willing to do the quote unquote hard work or dirty work, you know, to help the goal. I think it makes the organization and the business better as a whole. So that's awesome. And it also shows your, your teammates, your, your employees, your workers that, you know, that, Hey, this person is relatable. Like he's not too good. She's not too good. But because think about what that does for the morale of those at the, at the restaurant, you know, if he can do it, we darn sure can do it because he's doing it. And so, yes, I totally agree with you on that. Yes. Yes, thank you. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel it was easy peasy talking to you. It was like talking to a girlfriend. It was yes, simple. good, good, good. Okay, so Dr. Melissa, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services? and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, Please look for our upcoming conference. Our conference is every July, and the location moves around. But the conference is for educators, but anybody can can glean from our conference. That conference is in July 16th, 17th, and 18th, 2020. It's called the Rock Conference, where Black educators rock. Our website is rockconference.org, R-O-C-K, rockconference.org or Black Educators with the Nest, blackeducatorsrock.org. Our contact number is 1-833-4-BER, Inc., which is B-E-R is Black Educators Rock, so 1-833-4-BER, Inc., and I can be reached at CEO at blackeducatorsrock.org. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Melissa. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you so much, Miss Nicole, for having me. And I look forward to connecting and collaborating with you in the very near future. Yes, thank you. I 
really enjoyed this interview with Dr. Melissa, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Dr. Melissa's viewpoint on the importance of validation and learning to complement each other without minimizing each other's efforts. We all deserve to know that others feel we are doing or have done well. It's a human instinct and natural to value this type of input. For whatever reason, it can be hard for us to wholeheartedly recognize ourselves as well as others. As Dr. Melissa stated, we need to understand that it takes nothing away from us to celebrate others. And in doing so, we not only give to another person, we also give to ourselves. A quote by Rhonda Byrne reads, love is appreciating, complimenting, feeling gratitude, and speaking good words to others. I admire Dr. Melissa's understanding of the importance of getting to know those we interact with to assist in creating better relationships and a winning environment for all parties. Dr. Melissa suggested a great tool that we can use to aid in this process, which is personality assessments. Everyone is not the same and must be dealt with on their level to maximize their strengths and increase productivity. Understanding the need to know people individually is the foundation necessary to give us the information required to provide proper motivation. A quote by Jack Welch reads, take time to get to know people. Understand where they are coming from, what is important to them. Make sure they are with you. I can relate to Dr. Melissa's personal commitment to put in the work and do what it takes to be great, as I believe the same. As with Dr. Melissa, I do not see myself as being greater than any task and will do what it takes to ensure attainment of the goal at hand. As Dr. Melissa suggested, the best leaders are the best and hardest workers. When we remain humble in our journey to the top, we are able to put ourselves aside and focus on what needs to be done as opposed to who needs to do it. Understanding that the least of us is the greatest of us and the greatest of us is the least of us aids in this process. A quote by Vanessa Hudgens reads, work hard and follow your dreams, but never forget where you came from. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Dr. Melissa told us that it is okay to be the leader and we should learn to embrace and walk in our light. Taking note of the things that make us great and focusing on our strengths as opposed to our weaknesses is how we stay positive and motivated to be and do better. We are all great and must learn to maximize our greatness. I will make it my business to be bold and stand strong in my greatness, as I know this is needed to impact others and to be the leader I am destined to be. I will continue to embrace myself and not hide by watering myself down out of fear or the need to make others comfortable. A quote by Lao Tao's reads, when you accept yourself, the whole world accepts you. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. 
My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled, You Can't Do It All with Dr. Melissa Nolan Chester. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.